Which might complicate our plans a bit. Save room for Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) No! of Sometimes Shabbat Slaps. I'm Ak. I miss Jubes. <laughs> oh, shit. You're not a name, you're just a handle. I'm just a handle. You did that to yourself. <laughs> this time. It's the objectification of women. I'm here for it. <laughs> Happy Women's Month. <laughs> Women's History Month. Or end up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We didn't realize it was. Yeah. But apparently it is. So Apparently it is. So happy women. Yeah. Happy woman. <laughs> happy woman. Always forgotten. <laughs> Always there. <laughs> Even by woman. Oh my god. No, it's been really nice to see all the posts and stuff of everyone being like, yeah, celebrate women. Mm-hmm. It's been fun. What's April? Um, I have to look it up because May's mental health month. Yeah. And then. It's also my birthday. <laughs> Most importantly. Most importantly. April. April 1st is National Sourdough Bread Day. It's also April Fool's. That yeah. That be a joke. Um, April 2nd is World Autism Awareness Day. Um, dingus. Dingus? <laughs> if you're Polish, there's a dingus festivity. It's yeah. Global Astronomy Month, International Guitar Month, Keep America Beautiful Month, Lawn and Garden Month, National Card and Letter Writing Month, National Frog Month, National Humor Month, National Kite Month, National Pecan Month, National Poetry Month, National Welding Month, uh, Sexual Assault Awareness Month, Stress Awareness Month, Records and Information Management Month. This seems like a prank. Feels like everyone's yeah. just like, we're calling it this. There's no. Yeah, what? I don't understand. I don't even know what to Google. April 1st is also International Fun at Work Day. Yeah, because jokes. Yeah. I got a text from my friend the other <laughs> the other week. And it said, just out of nowhere, happy almost chocolate-covered nut day. <laughs> so, um, the February 24th, as pardon, and on February 25th, I guess it was National Chocolate-Covered Nut Day and National Clam Chowder Day. <laughs> I love it. And that the 24th, I guess, was uh, National Tortilla Chip Day. And so he celebrated <laughs> by eating his favorite tortilla chips that I introduced him to. <laughs> I love that. Just out of nowhere. I just realized that mine and Bryce's anniversary weekend is on Easter. It's also the same anniversary day as my favorite sheep were born on that day. The year before. That my mom murdered. I think you have to name your children after those sheep now. Croton and Caesar. (laughs) 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 This is my son. Croton Sergeant. How do you spell that? Like crouton? <laughs> Why do you say it like that? Oh, for shits and giggles. <laughs> this is his sister, Caesar. No, brother, because you're going to have all boys. All boys. You might get one girl if you're lucky. Oh, I hope I do. I have a feeling it's going to be. That would be delightful. Two. He's going to be a tomboy, though. Or just so anxious. <laughs> 
I'm gonna have like a, a tall boy. She's gonna have to be a little bit fiery to be. They'll be fiery. They'll be just like. They'll be like before the Big Bang. The two atoms just like hovering, like anxious and fiery, and then they'll just be like hovering together. And every once in a while, they'll collide and just be like, ah. Aww. My baby. <laughs> Exactly how that's gonna go. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, it's because you have like two girls and a guy. He has two guys and a girl. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I almost think you're gonna lean two guys and We're a girl. We're gonna though. get. Yeah, no. I know. But hey, one never knows. Maybe I'll just have four to really shake up the mix. You should. Why not? Yeah, well. Two or two. <laughs> or just. That's a lot of children. <laughs> Only one more than you four want. boys. Oh my gosh. Only one more than you want. I know, but that one more is a lot. I feel like at that point, not really that much. <laughs> yeah. Might as well go for five. I feel like going two to three is a little bit less, or yeah, two to three is more of a jump than three to four. I don't know. I feel like you already have to have the minivan. No, I guess oh, no, I'm getting barely... a, I'm getting an SUV. Yeah, that's why I don't want four kids. Is because I don't want to drive in a legitimate school bus. Well, four, you just need a van. Yeah, I really don't want to get a van. Anyways. Um, yeah, we digress. <laughs> Journey's future potential children. Right. They're here with us right now. <laughs> I mean, half of them are, technically. Half of, half of them are. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're off the rails. Uh, anyways, I got three new tattoos. Yay! <laughs> about about go. Minor. Mm-hmm. So, I'm so excited. It's fun. They look so good. I know. I'm very stoked. <laughs> yes. So we'll see how they heal. I mm-hmm. mean, I guess I'm... By the time we release this, I will be about a week mm-hmm. since I had them, so... Yep. Well, I'll be fun. So fun. But I'll probably put them on my Instagram. So if you follow me, you'll see them. She'll be all tatted up. Yeah, I go from two to five. <laughs> Ooh, big money. <laughs> I think I'm just going to do it. I might as well get as much in in one go though you you might as well right like you're there and they're not like they're big yeah now that i've decided i want to go ahead with all my tattoo ideas Mm -hmm. it was weird because i got the one when i was 18 one when i was 19 and i just halted yeah because either i didn't have the money for it or i couldn't justify spending money on it or i didn't i was focused on my health and so i was spending money elsewhere yeah and then i don't know i just i've been i really love Lots of tattoos. I don't know. I always have. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Might as well. So. And <laughs> we can. Sorry, mom. Sorry, dad. <laughs> okay. So uh, today is our book club episode. Yeah. So we're talking about The Wintering by Oops. Catherine May. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I learned about this book on TikTok. And Instagram. There's a TikToker that I follow on Instagram and TikTok. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Redundant. <laughs> um, and she had read it and posted about it and said, oh my gosh, this is such an incredible book. And so when we were doing our big like planning in like December, basically, I was mm-hmm. like, this is one that we should definitely read because it's all about like the power of rest and retreat in difficult times. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it would be really, really good for like our quarterly check-in like coming into spring coming out of winter Mm -hmm. um literally metaphorically 
Yeah. To kind of. Well, it's, yeah. yeah, it's funny that the last chapter in this book is called March. It's March. Yeah. And end of March specifically. Yeah. So this is really a cherry on top for our winter season up we here in the great north. In the great white north. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So I agree. I really, I really like this book. I couldn't put it down. I read it very fast. Yeah. Faster than any book that I've read before. <laughs> That's so fun. Mm-hmm. So it's good. Yeah. And so, yeah. So basically the format of the book is set up September to March. Mm-hmm. And those are the main chapters. There are little subsections like within. Yeah. Um, each season. But yeah, it's really no, good. it was very good. But how I wrote them down as far as notes go, I just did it. September, October, yeah, da, 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 until March. I cheated and looked at her notes, and I did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah, good. So I guess we'll get into it, uh, starting with September. Yeah, so basically, September is kind of introducing you to what she means by the term wintering. Mm-hmm. And so she talks about winter as a season of suffering, but once you accept it, then you can be grateful for spring. So, like, you need to accept that there's going to be hardships and suffering within your life in order to appreciate the beauty that comes after. Mm-hmm. And she kind of really talks about how winter is a time to really slow down and rest. And you need to kind of... We've kind of talked about this before, I think, in our, like, cycle thinking is you need to, like, work with the season at hand. Mm-hmm. And even, like, with intuitive eating and... Yeah. All that and then she stuff. then turns that into emotions like you can winter at any point in the year mm-hmm. um emotion wise yeah and so a lot of wintering behaviors can be brought on by illness um behaviorment birth of a child failure humiliation yeah just anything that forces you to retreat in yourself yeah and this book is mm-hmm. less of like a a self-help book kind of like badass habits or something it's more mm-hmm. of like a She's teaching you a lesson by telling you her own story. Mm -hmm. So throughout the book, we kind of follow what she did in September, what she did in October, what she did in November that kind of inspired her to write this book about wintering. Yeah. Which I think is really neat. Yeah. There's a quote here um, on page 13 that says, wintering brings out some of the most profound and insightful moments in our human experience and wisdom resides in those who have wintered. Yeah. Which I think is so true because if you have wintered, you've done the work you've done the inner work you know what is going on yeah in you it's the whole like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger like you can choose to grow from the suffering and from this winter exactly yeah and she also talks about again when you personify wintering mm-hmm. plants and animals don't fight the winter they go with it yeah right? and so people should need to do the same we often fight the winter yeah um by her example in there was saying like she's from the uk um seeing a lot of girls wearing like mini skirts and no stockings or anything underneath no winter jackets when you go to the club you're fighting winter you're which Mm -hmm. in canada it's very much the same thing like i refuse to wear a jacket (laughs) i have it on me at all times Mm -hmm. i refuse to wear it walking from my car into someone's house yeah so i show up in slippers and (laughs) maybe a light sweater (laughs) yeah literally (laughs) so i'm someone who fights the winter in that in that case but yeah but um yeah she just talks about it's a time of like slowing down um extended rest time more sleep which is now seen as radical but it's so important for healing Mm -hmm. like think of like a raw wound healing yeah you're not gonna go and exfoliate it (laughs) exactly well yeah and even with like with the animals and stuff like animal like a lot of animals hibernate like we're one of the few that really 
don't hibernate throughout this season. Mm-hmm. And so it's like when we feel the need to hibernate, it's looked upon us as kind of like weird. It's kind of frowned upon. It's like, well, no, you need to keep up the same lifestyle as you do in the summer. Mm-hmm. But you really don't. Mm-hmm. And like, yes, the world will continue moving, but like, it's OK to take that rest. Mm hmm. And even like in winter, both metaphorically and literally, mm-hmm. it's okay to take that rest. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So September was shorter. September's yeah. all I have. Do you have anything else for September? That's, I had two points for September. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so then moving into October, uh, the start of this chapter, she talks about sympathetic appendicitis, which is a kind of a first introduction to psychosomatic mm-hmm. um, relation between yeah your your brain and your physical body feeling. Yeah. We've touched on this before. Yeah. And in nervous system regulation, we talk ab- about the brain body connection. Yeah. Primarily. Yeah. But psychosomatic is essentially um, a physical illness or a condition caused or aggravated by a mental factor such as internal conflict or stress. Mm-hmm. And so for hers, it was her son. Oh, that was husband. her husband. Husband. Yeah. yeah. Husband who had appendicitis. Yeah. Or had his appendix removed and then she started feeling similar pains for him. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, I think um, she talked about like stress causing the disease and then using Mm -hmm. that disease as an excuse for not wanting to do anything because of that stress. And it's kind of like Mm -hmm. a little bit cyclical Mm -hmm. because like, yeah, using it as an excuse, but also causing more stress. But also then your stress is causing the disease. But then it's also like, okay, well, now I don't need to do this. But it's like, why do you need to get so stressed to the point where you're developing a disease to take that break? Mm-hmm. And but. she then talks about like being stressed as like feelings of shame. Like why she feels shameful for mm-hmm. being stressed because why should she be stressed? She's so lucky to yeah. work for herself and like all, yeah, it was all the things it was like working for herself and being financially okay and living in a good country. And yeah, her, she has a healthy kid and an overall healthy husband. So she's like, why? Yeah. I feel shame in saying that I'm stressed out right now. Well, yeah. And it's the comparison game, right? Like she's comparing herself to all the other people who appear to have everything together. But mm-hmm. as soon as you talk to them, you realize that actually no one has it all together. Mm-hmm. And it's OK that you're feeling like you don't either. Yeah. And so this one around the time when I read the book to. um prior to that there was a a tiktok that i had come across that essentially is discussing why a lot of women are dating less Mm -hmm. and this related to this um her feeling shame for it in the sense that once upon a time a woman's role was house house maintenance right yeah and then there became a this woman in this tiktok uh she makes this point of like our mothers is like really the first like Gen Z millennial mothers of mothers of Gen Z or millennials yeah. is truly the first generation that working was fully normal. Yeah. Right. My grandma worked a lot, but even then she kind of still had the whole, she was grown up on like the home ec house life, mm-hmm. female, male gender roles. Um, and so women in the workforce is still very new. Mm-hmm. And so in dating Gen Z millennials, late Gen Z, we're going to call them centennials, as we said earlier, yeah. <laughs> this weird in between, because again, my cousins, my lo- younger cousins, I don't think will relate to this the same way. Yeah. That being said, um, you grow up with your mothers having it all, doing it all. Yeah. 
you're a full-time mom and a full-time worker and you've got everything together and yeah. you're not mentally distressed, even though some are. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so when it comes to dating, like the overall arching point of her argument is that when it comes to dating, there are a lot of guys in the field who see, who grew up with their mothers doing it all. Mm-hmm. But now girls in like our generation are like, absolutely not. If I'm more educated and working full-time, I am not doing your laundry for you. Yeah, right. Like you shouldn't expect yeah. fifth like me paying fifty fifty but doing one hundred percent of the household chores. Yeah. While also working full time. Well, you work full time and pay fifty fifty, but do absolutely nothing in the household. Yeah. And so yeah. for anyone who feels stressed because they're trying to do everything, mm-hmm. don't feel shame of that. There's it's unattainable. It's yeah. If you're not splitting it up and the, and you don't have to be like absolutely no work to or fully work like mm-hmm. i like what you have like the dynamic you set up technically you yeah. don't have a job right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes but you're still working you're mm-hmm. doing something for yourself that fuels yourself yeah and once you can monetize and finance that that is going to be a job oh yeah definitely right but you also have the want mm-hmm. i was gonna say expectation but it's not really an expectation you have the desire to do more primarily be the primary home taker yeah and bryce is a primary breadwinner yeah right yeah exactly but it's not to the point where bryce will get mad at journey if the laundry doesn't get done that day yes because she's busy with other things exactly (laughs) yeah it's very much he doesn't expect me to do it it's Mm -hmm. kind of like an unspoken agreement because these are the things that i enjoy like and Mm -hmm. i've really noticed in the last couple days I have it in the notes is just like enjoying being able to like make a good dinner. Like, oh my goodness, I'm going to make soup from scratch and then I'm also going to make scones Mm -hmm. and just having that ready for when he comes home. I was like, this is sparking joy in me and just being able to do the things that I haven't been able to do for so long and really Mm -hmm. enjoy them has been like quite nice. Mm -hmm. And even though, yes, it's traditional 1950s housewife stuff, but it's like. I enjoy it. Yeah. I have no issue with that. Yeah. And I know that I'm not with a 1950s dad who <laughs> I can't ask for help or yeah. who will hold unreasonable expectations for me. Yeah. So I really lucked out in that aspect because not a mm-hmm. lot of men now are like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. And as for someone like me, who's always wanted to be a career woman. Mm-hmm. Um, it is weird with dating, right? If someone's like, oh, well, then you got to stay home and take care of the kids. Yeah. And I was like, no, if I can, if we can afford it. Yeah. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Goes back to the guy I want to date with who wants nine kids. I'm like, who's financing these kids? Yeah. Does that literally. mean you are working your absolute tush off? If I'm not going to work, mm-hmm. I'm not sacrificing my lifestyle. Well, and <laughs> that's like, that much. <laughs> <laughs> that's like with one of my other friends. She was talking to this guy and he was like, yeah, like I want to get married in the next couple of years. I want to have kids before we get married and i'm expecting you to raise all the kids and do all the housework while i work away yeah and my friend was like no <laughs> because what about what i want yeah i don't even know if i want kids yeah. like i don't even know if um like like i don't want to do that i want to have my own career like yeah kids would be fun but i don't want to i don't want them to be my entire life with no help from you. Because yeah. if we're going to have kids, it's going to be 50-50. Yeah. It's not going to be just me. 
Well, and psychologically, a lot of children need the 50 50. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of psychological ish that comes up if there's both parents aren't involved. Exactly. And yeah, if there's one more than the other, like it can, yeah. yeah. Attachment styles. And that was a deal breaker for him. So he was like, bye, and could ghost at her. Oh my God. And I was like, it's great that that you hold so strongly in your belief, but also like, good for her for saying, no, that's not what I want. Yeah. But yeah. And her, to for Catherine, her point that she said in regards to this, like stress being shameful mm-hmm. is like the problem of everything is that it looks like nothing, just a frantic haze, which yeah. is how I feel right now. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. Yeah. And I think is more so how you felt when you were working full time, house tours full time, podcast full time. Yeah. <laughs> three full-time jobs yeah and it was exhausting and you were just burnt out right but i found that i really um connected with kind of like the last half of this chapter i think Mm -hmm. where she talks about like enjoying the quiet pleasures in life and like just calming down after you've been forced to take this break due to a sickness or whatever yeah which i kind of i really it was like really reaffirming Mm mm-hmm yeah but yeah so in this chapter i don't know if like if you if this stood out to you mm-hmm. um she brings up moomins and brings up what moomins <laughs> so moomins are this um i don't know if it was a swedish author originally i think it was yes or, or no sorry swedish speaking Finn. so moomins are very finnish mm-hmm. and the Finns know it's i don't know it's a very common like cartoon oh, character okay um so the author who wrote Moomins is a Swedish speaking Finn. Um, and the Moomins, a lot of their cartoons are related to like the Nordic way of life, particularly in like slowing down because you have to survive winter there. Yeah. And so she talks about like one of her friends or her reading a story about that involved Moomins. And of course, the Finn me immediately, I was in Helsinki again. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I know exactly where the movement store is, where my, where my uh, class was at. That's fun. And so this is where she gets into a lot of like Scandinavian ways of life. Um, again, British author. So think mm-hmm. of geography. But a lot of the Scandinavian ways of life is what we also ha- do in Canada. Yeah. Um, with a little bit more of American influence. So we're a little bit more hustle and bustle. Mm-hmm. But overall, you know, you have to slow down in the winter. Like when the roads are icy, you're not going to be driving fast because you're going to kill yourself. Yeah, but we're not like <laughs> the UK where like when it snows, the whole city shuts yeah. down. Like we still have to continue living and even in say, the winter. I should even specify maybe more of the prairies in Canada too because yes. Vancouver shuts down. So does Nova Scotia. <laughs> yeah. 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 The coasts are useless when it comes to that. The coasts are more like the UK mm-hmm. um, in regards to winter as a whole. Yeah. So she brought movements, which was like really exciting for me. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is why I was so invested in the book. I'm like, yes, I know this. Um, but then she talks about how winter is an open invitation to transition um, into a more sustainable life and get back control over the chaos. Yeah. Again, because you have to slow down. You have to prepare. You have to be prepared at almost all times. Mm-hmm. And to prepare, you need to think about where you're going in advance. Right? Exactly. Your car has to be full of gas. You have to have emergency stuff just in case because... Mm-hmm. You never know. Exactly. And then she brings up this um, in a conversation with her Finnish friend. She brings up this uh, term called Talvitalit, which is essentially being stowed away for winter. Oh, so it's okay. the preparation that happens to stow away things for winter. Right. 
And a lot of this conversation came up to like um, jarring and canning foods so that you mm-hmm. have fresh foods over the winter or making sure that the summer sports are all tucked away and yeah. the cottages are good. You have the heating at the right temperature or you winterize your cabin and you don't touch it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Which was it was just really funny for me to hear about the lifestyle comparison between the Brits and the Finns mm-hmm. being a Canadian who lived in Finland. Yeah. <laughs> and felt no difference. Like Finland felt very. Mm, maybe because I'm not a homeowner there, like I was a student. Yeah. But it felt a lot less work to prepare for winter. Yeah. Unless you were in like the north, like dark circle. Yeah. But being in the city of Helsinki. Yes, there's snow. Yes, you have to prepare for things. But winters in Canada are a lot more intense. Yeah. And so when she's talking about some of the, the cold temperatures and stuff, it's like minus 10. Yeah. I'm like, oh, honey. Yeah. She's That's like, what it is today it in March. It gets up to like lows of minus 10. And I was like, and? Yeah. <laughs> and so it was it was funny. And then she also talks about like the Hygge culture, which is a Danish uh, version of like slowing down and being comfortable. And so a lot mm-hmm. of it is warm drinks and soft blankets and slippers. And that's just all part of the wintering culture, which mm-hmm. a lot of more Canadians are adopting. Yeah. Hygge. Like it's become a lot, a lot more popular. Yeah. And then there's also, um, chats about like sauna culture mm-hmm. in, in the Nordics, right? Saunas are so, so important especially when it's dark and cold for so long. Yeah. That's one thing in Canada we don't fully experience is how dark it can get. Yeah. Unless you are in Northern Canada, the the territories, Mm -hmm. but in Southern Canada, it gets cold, but we are so close to the States, which is so much lower than where people are living in, even like, um, uh, Copenhagen, Stockholm, Mm -hmm. Helsinki, they are so much higher on the globe that it just gets so dark. Yeah. And that was the hardest bit of living in Finland compared to Canada. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as cold, but it was so much harder to leave your house. Yeah, because it was dark all the time. Yeah. And so going into the sauna and being able to warm up for a little bit and recirculate. Yeah. And the endorphins you get from running from sauna into a cold lake back into the sauna yeah you just get energized like it's yeah it's like a drug honestly yeah it just shocks your system yeah and so when i talk about to like my canadian friends here friends and family i'm like oh yeah like i went and swam in the arctic ocean they look at me like i'm a psychopath yeah i'm like no i will like that's one thing i took away from living in finland yeah i finish off every like shower hot tub sauna cold now i have to yeah it's like i can't i feel clammy and murky and gross Mm -hmm. and you're actually colder if you go from like the warm sauna and don't do a cold plunge Mm -hmm. you then feel colder in your normal clothes going back home yeah because your body is like adjusting yeah so the air feels colder but if your skin's cold your internal temperature works harder to warm you up so you're just warm yeah i don't know that's my like little tangent about that's fun about that but because of the endorphin release and the happiness and everything that is joy mm-hmm. is brought in sauna culture, all decisions are made in the sauna. And you hear that all the time. Political yeah. decisions, world solving world hunger, like yeah. all of these conversations happen in the sauna in the winter. Yeah. In Finland. In Suomi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fun. But 
Yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah, with this chapter, she talked a lot about how, like, like stress addiction and work addiction. So you're, like, forgetting how to rest. And I feel like this is also a really common issue that we see in Canada and in a lot of first world countries where they are so addicted to the chaos that they mm-hmm. don't know what to do when life isn't chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and then, like, winter is for solitude and contemplation, which is just, again, just calming down. Um, <laughs> um, I don't remember what that was from. Oh, and then she also talked about like getting sick the instant you relax after running on empty for so long. Like that's often what happens. It's just like a physical and emotional and mental release. Mm-hmm. I was really afraid that that was going to happen when I stopped working, mm-hmm. but it hasn't. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm really thankful for that. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of made the analogy of like, you apply ice to a joint after an awkward fall. So why not do the same to your life Mm -hmm. which again is like the healing powers of the cold and like doing the cold plunges and all that fun stuff Mm -hmm. um and then yeah the sauna being essential piece of life and a state of being rather than a place Mm -hmm. and how when she tried to do it it didn't work the same as it did because she didn't go into it prepared well yes she yeah and (laughs) she would have just been so dehydrated (laughs) her example of it it made me laugh because again as someone who grew up with sauna culture being having finished relatives mm-hmm. and whatnot and then experiencing it firsthand in in finland i've just always been used to it we like every one of my grandparents and great-grandparents house yeah like, they always had a sauna and so we always even in the bahamas yeah my great-grandma she had a retirement home in the bahamas yeah and in that baham in that bohemian home she had a sauna mm-hmm. and that was probably the craziest place I've ever sat in a sauna when it's like yeah. 30 degrees outside and then like 45 degrees inside. You're like, no, I'm done. Literally. <laughs> I'm yeah. Cooked. But her experience, like Catherine, um, experience of the sauna being a U- from the UK mm-hmm. was very similar to for New Year's in high school. It was just before I turned 18. I think we rented a cabin with some friends and my it was my friend, her boyfriend, his friends. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. We had a cabin in Banff and it was just a fun New Year's, post New Year's celebration. Yeah. I was with one of my guy friends who was originally from the UK. And we were the only two that survived in the sauna for mm-hmm. the longest. Everyone else was in there for five minutes and then they dipped. Yeah. But even my friend from the UK, he was sweating buckets and it was like, it took a lot of mental power for him to stay in mm-hmm. as long as we did. Yeah. And for me, I was like laying down, almost taking a nap. Yeah. Just feeling like a a lizard underneath a heat lamp or something. Yeah. And it was just from familiarity, like just mm-hmm. being used to it. Yeah. Well, that's another thing. Like you need to like acclimatize to it. Like yeah. she had never done it. She's never liked it. So she's never stuck out with it. And then she mm-hmm. talks about later on in the book with the cold plunges and stuff, taking the time to work through the mental block that you have with it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like with this specific example, she was just so dehydrated that being in there like didn't help. Cause I can very much relate to how she was feeling. That happens to me regularly. Yeah. Not regularly, but like often. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was just interesting because we used to have a sauna, um, growing up and I never really enjoyed it. Like I didn't really get the point of just like, Sitting in there and just being hot. <laughs> like, I was just like, I could do it, whatever. Like, we'd usually sit in there and like 
watch a movie and usually I'd have to like go out and come back in just so that I wouldn't get dizzy. Well, that's the whole premise of it. You're not mm-hmm. supposed to just sit in it for hours upon hours. You're supposed to leave cold punch, come back in. Yeah. And so that's because my dad loved it. Mm-hmm. And so we just like we'd set up a movie on the outside and then just sit in it and like watch the movie. Yeah. But I was like, this is just a warm room. <laughs> like, I don't fully understand the whole thing. But well, it's even funny, even getting used to like with the hot yoga, right? When I took mm-hmm. you for the first time, you walked in, your breath was like taken from you. Yeah, I was very nervous that first time. Yeah. Because usually when I get too hot, I get dizzy, I pass out. Yeah. But it was very different the way they had yeah. the heat distributed. Because that hot yoga is like my version of, of sauna. Mm-hmm. Because it's just laying down, relaxing, stretching. Yeah. But if I had to do a full flow in that, I couldn't. Oh my gosh, no. Mm-hmm. Good night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that that was October. That's what stood out to me was her kind of talking mm-hmm. about like stress addiction, work addiction, learning how to just mm-hmm. be calm. And the last thing she said that I have here down is that winter is the season of ghosts, which was an interesting concept to me. Mm-hmm. I've never thought of it that way. But I can kind of see what she means. Like... Yeah, I don't remember that part other than like when she was talking about like Halloween and how that kind of plays a role in it. Yeah. Um, unless it's like a because she said something about the white of the snow making the ghosts were easier to see or something. Yeah, she just said she describes winter as a time when death comes closest, when mm-hmm. the cold feels as though it might reach it might snatch us away despite our modern comforts. We still perceive the presence of those we've lost in silence in the silence of those long evenings and the depths of the darkness that they bring. Yeah. This is the season of ghosts. Their pale, pale forms are invisible in bright light, bright sunlight. Winter makes them clear again. Hmm. Yeah. So just also the metaphorical ghost of like it's yeah, you're being forced to slow down. And a lot of people are part of this hustle culture so that they don't have to think it calms their thoughts. Yeah. It calms their thoughts in quotes. Yeah. But like you're being forced to sit and take note and feel. Yeah. And a lot of ghosts can come up at that time too. Yeah. So I thought that was an interesting concept to mm-hmm. wrap that chapter up in. Yeah, definitely. Um, And then so for November... Kind of the first point that stuck out to me in this section is winter is asking me to be more careful with my energy and and a rest oops and rest a while until spring. Yeah. Which is I get it. Yeah, it's 100%. Very much happens. Yeah. Right? I take more naps in the winter. I don't nap at all in the summer. Yeah. But Yeah, it's just yeah, you're as much as we hate to admit it, we are animals at our very core. And so we do respond to the seasons. We do need to adjust our lifestyle for each season. Mm -hmm. And like, yes, it's annoying, but we have to do that. Otherwise, life is not going to be very fun for us. Mm -hmm. But what did you think? So I I wonder if you picked this up. Mm -hmm. Um, So she talks about a historian, a study, Mm -hmm. Um, a robber, Rob. A. Roger Ekerch, Ekerch, E-K-I-R-C-H. Anyway, so she talks about how once upon a time before the Industrial Revolution, mm-hmm. there used to be 
multiple sleeps. Yeah. So you, people would have two sleeps, dead sleep, which is like dead sleep and then morning sleep. Yeah. With a break in between to interact, socialize, go to the bathroom. So this means like in, for eight hours of sleep, you're not getting a full continuous eight hours. You're getting four and you wake up in the middle of the night and mm-hmm. grab a snack, go to the bathroom, talk about your dreams. Yeah. And then you sleep again until morning. Yeah. Which I thought was a really interesting concept. Because I never thought of, like, I never knew about that before. Yeah. I, this is before the Industrial Revolution. See, I feel like sometimes that happens to me. I get into a little bit of that rhythm. Where, like, yeah. if I'm working super hard, I'll, like, fall asleep right after supper. I'll sleep until, like, 8 or 10 o'clock, depending on how tired I am. I'll get up. I'll watch Bryce play video games. I'll do a little bit of work. Blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. do the little bit. And then I'll go to bed for the night. It's so interesting to me. Yeah. No, it makes sense, though, because we've done a lot of research of how we're not supposed to sleep for as long as we do we're supposed to do it in little spurts and Mm -hmm. it's same with meals we're supposed to do it in little spurts there's been a lot of anthropology studies on it yeah well the whole premise of this was because of circadian rhythm balances Mm -hmm. right and we now have all the fake technologies which keeps us up longer and later yeah so that we can just go to sleep and just sleep for eight hours straight yeah right but once one time when you're relying on sunlight and candlelight Mm -hmm. That means our days would end at four o'clock for most of winter. Yeah. And would rise again by like nine o'clock. Yeah. Right. So you have you have more darkness than you do daylight. Exactly. So it makes sense that you just go to sleep when you're tired. Mm-hmm. Wake up and do whatever and then go to sleep again. Right. Which I don't know. I really liked it. I just have never thought about it that way before. Mm-hmm. And so in a 1996 study um, by where. He referred to this time of, as having an endocrinology of its own, which and showed that there was elevated prolactin in participants um, mm. who woke up in in these increment increment spurts. Yeah, prolactin is a hormone that is released when like you're producing milk, mm-hmm. which I thought was so weird that that's what is elevated and that's what it, they measured. And yeah, it's just so in, in, interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it just put us a little bit more in tune with the earth to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just thought it was really neat. Mother Nurch. Mother Nurch. (laughs) Mother Nurch is really just out here. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I don't think I could ever see a time where I would follow that way of life. But I don't know. It's an interesting concept to like. Maybe I'll start. Maybe I'll do an experiment. Yeah, you have the time to do that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't see it. Like, I think it'd be kind of fun because I feel like lately I'll like get tired, but then I mm. won't go to sleep and then I'll get like a second win and then I'll be up to like 2 a.m. just kind of like awake. Yeah. And see if that because I, I think a lot of what he was describing also in this study is that a lot of participants who were up in the middle of the night, it was just like a kind of a dream state mm-hmm. where they weren't fully functioning, but they were up and they were moving and they were able to think like with a lot of more um like happy hormones and everything was just dazed and beautiful and dreamy and yeah you're able to think differently right than you would with your day brain yeah yeah you're not as inhibited yeah yeah which blows my mind kind of fun right kind of cool and that's essentially what i took from november mm-hmm. do you have anything else in there from november Oh, one thing I wanted to ask, um, the low fiber meal she gets put on and that ends up like helping her feel better. That was really confusing for me because it was all the things that we're told to stay away from. 
What do you mean? Like, she was just like, eat white oh. bread and pasta and do this and do that or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, normally that's something that people tell to stay away from. And so I don't know if it was kind of like a reset. It's so, it's to, um, because the high fiber foods are more difficult on the stomach to break down. Yeah. And so if her body just needed energy without the, the work, mm-hmm. it simple sugars are the easiest to break down and absorb. Okay. And from that, from my understanding of what she had going on, physically there yeah that's why they put her on a a simple diet right same thing when you're sick like that's why a lot of people follow the brat diet okay which is like bread apples Ooh, what is tea rice and bread rice apples and something something what i can't remember what tea is yeah but that once upon a time that was an acronym used for what to eat when you're sick because it's all simple sugars to give your body energy to right recover yeah speak okay interesting yeah mm-hmm. um and then yeah just like oh yeah i do have the separation of night into two and then um the importance of resting while you're in your winter mm-hmm. yeah yes and so for december she starts off by talking about saint lucie or saint lucia mm-hmm. um who was a symbol of even when we're at our darkest time there is still light and so there's a she talks about the swedish tradition around saint lucia um, and I actually had a really good friend in Finland who was a part of the said ceremony. She had the the white gown and the candle crown and oh, cool. everything. I didn't go for the ceremony. I think I was away mm-hmm. when it happened. But to look back on the photos and as someone who didn't grow up, I mean, particularly religious, like I, I know of religion, but my immediate family wasn't religious. Yeah. Um, it was really interesting to be in a country that still does all the traditional religious ceremonies and stuff Mm -hmm. even though it's people or a lot of people that i met weren't actively participating in the church okay it was just a lot of they have a lot of modern perspectives in my mind about religion Mm -hmm. where you don't need to be so traditional and go here and do this and but they still follow the overall ceremonies and they still pay into the church mm-hmm. because of the humanitarian work that it does for the country. Right. Um, whereas in North America, a lot of people who are religious are have a lot of extreme religion perspectives, right? Mm-hmm. If you're not there every Sunday, you're a sinner, you're going to hell. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so it's just, I don't know, but we don't but not the whole country, like we don't as a country as a whole, we don't participate in a lot of religious ceremonies like yeah. that where everyone gathers for saint lucia and watches these girls and their crowns and they sing the songs and they do the things yeah so it's just a really interesting dynamic to, to experience yeah no that'd be really interesting as someone who's technically like lutheran mm-hmm. primarily um because it was my grandma who was from finland that i went to church with as a kid yeah but i don't follow i don't know what was going on with saint lucia day until i was reading about it in this book and i was like oh that's what that's fun that's why she's in a white dress and wearing a <laughs> candle crown i get it i yeah. got it <laughs> that's fun but i don't know so that was interesting for me with my personal experience mm-hmm. um i quite enjoyed when she talked about stonehenge yeah. and spending winter solstice at stonehenge i was like that is really cool and how she talked about um, the traditions that were occurring then and like throughout history and there's a quote where she says 
Um, there's no sense in which we are not welcome and the crowd is too diverse for us to truly stand out. Yeah. It just was really interesting to see that there's so many different walks of life coming together to recognize the like the mm-hmm. celebration or whatever that was going on. I thought that was just yeah. really, really cool. Well, because the, the the solstice ceremony that went on in that uh, scene that she was talking about is that it brought a lot of mindfulness to the winter, making it feel more optimistic. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it really did. Which I get it. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool just to see a little bit more of like the pagan side of it, of the seasons and stuff. And I really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. And then how she talked about like praying earth wise. Mm-hmm. And so she'll say prayers, but it's not necessarily to a higher being. Yeah. It's just, and she talked about praying as like a desire to find life in the world around her. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Because it's an easy way to simplify such a scary word for some people mm-hmm. to make it just a little bit more like easier to connect with mm-hmm. but you make me sound so dumb okay i always thought stonehenge was stonehenge stonehenge <laughs> i never knew if it was an n until reading it so many times in this book <laughs> really before i clued in that i'm like oh it's not like hedge it's <laughs> that's hilarious my entire entire life up until reading this book i always just thought it was stonehenge not henge did you never see the word spelled out i have but i just never i just never clicked that's so there's no d there (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious and henge and hedge don't sound that like different yeah yeah oh my gosh that's funny (laughs) no i want to go to stonehenge so bad yeah so bad um and then another thing she talked about is like happiness are, is our potential. And if happiness is a skill, then sadness is too. So we can learn to be happy and we can also learn to be sad. Mm-hmm. And it's important to have a balance of both. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was kind of. And for her experience with December, she decided to start homeschooling her son because mm-hmm. of his anxiety to keep up with the hustle mm-hmm. during winter. Yeah. From my understanding, that's what caused him, right? Yeah, he was just feeling super anxious about school and stuff, and there's a lot of anxieties with it. And she, um, and so he was starting to like act out a little bit. And she's like, Yes, he had come to me with all of this, but I was so consumed with my winter mm-hmm. that I didn't pause to look at what his winter was and what he was experiencing. Yeah. And I thought like that was like to hear that as someone who would be reading from like the child's perspective to say, Oh, I'm sorry, honey. Like I was so, I'm sorry. I didn't take the time to look at what you were experiencing. Like I am hearing you now. Like that would be huge. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was important. And then they just started like, um, she like start to like learn to live life again and enjoy mm-hmm. the small things and they're doing fun things. And it's yeah. just, yeah, I thought that was really nice. Yeah. That was a very sweet notion. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like that she said that wintering is the act of acceptance of sadness, so allowing ourselves to feel it as a need. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she kind of addresses the sadness, like in its place and um, at the right time, and so that she can make it a joy instead of like a labor. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that's kind of important because, yes, there's a time for each and every emotion, but if we're constantly ignoring certain emotions, then that's also detrimental. Like you can't just be the hustle grind happiness all the time you have to accept a little bit yeah of sadness like it doesn't make you weak or less than yeah yeah exactly mm-hmm. like it 
start off January, she talks about being pregnant in Tromso, which is a bold move. Mm-hmm. Bold move to be very pregnant exploring the Norwegian Fjords. Yeah. <laughs> but I would also do the same thing. Yeah. I think. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, it was fun. And then she talks a lot about like the um the Sami peoples, which is equivalent to the First Nations of Canada. Mm-hmm. Um they're the yeah, the native peoples that were in Norway, Sweden, Finland, and they primarily now take up the outer coast of Norway and then they wrap around to the upper Finland. Okay. That's where they um consolidate mostly. Right. But are slowly moving more into the cities, same way that I mean, First Nations, they were everywhere in Canada. Yeah. We put them on reserves and then now <laughs> Yeah. Now they're back in the cities again. So it's just very similar except smaller landmass. Yeah. Um but a lot of Sami beliefs involve that the world are, the world is alive around us and ancestors keep a gentle watch over us, which is a very similar to the First Nations of Canada. They mm-hmm. have a very similar belief system, yeah. ancient um, belief system that us Englishmen like to stomp over. Or I know, time which is like so stomp sad. Over. It's really sad you know. because I like, I don't know, they focus a lot on community. Yeah. Which is something that we do not focus on at all. And that's been our biggest detriment. Yeah. In my opinion. Very much so. But yeah. And a lot came out with the hustle bustle, make everything like in India. Wow. The industrial revolution mm-hmm. did bring a lot of positives to ease within society. Mm-hmm. But it was also a lot of detriment to physical well-being and community. Yeah. It took away the family dynamic, yeah. which didn't feel so bad at first. Now we're seeing it as far as mental health crisis goes now. Yeah. Taking a few generations to get there, but it's here. Yeah. And this is why people are seen as quote unquote weak. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's because they're carrying genetic generational trauma. Yeah. And um, it's now taking a toll on your cellular function, yeah. which is leading to indigestion and thus contributing to mental illness. Yeah. Generational trauma is definitely something we need to do an episode on. Yeah. The whole concept of it is I I get it. Mhm. Right? Very much so. I didn't really have anything for January. Yeah. The last thing here is that she used wolves as a symbol for the hunger of winter. Mhm. Which again makes sense. You're they're quite literally they're not hibernating, they're hunting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I like to live like a bear. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I'm big into hibernation. <laughs> Eat everything in the fall. Let me sleep, sleep a lot. All winter. Yeah. Wake up starving in the spring. Yeah. <laughs> More of a bear than a wolf. But. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Um, for February, the first thing that I have right off the bat is um, you, the quote, you need to live a life you can cope with and not the life that other people want. Oh, I like that. It was just because she talked. This is the part, the only part that I really connected to in this book, because it just it's something that will help the destigmatization of mental illness. Because she's mm-hmm. talking to a friend who's, I think, bipolar and extreme depression, extreme anxiety, finding a doctor who was like, OK, no, you cannot expect to live the life of a mentally healthy person. Because you are not mentally healthy. 
you need to accept that you will not be able you like you need to treat it like a disability. There are some things that you cannot actually do. Mm-hmm. So don't beat yourself up for not being able to do those. Find ways in your life that you can kind of work around it, like accept it. And it kind of brought the idea to me of like naming your emotions can help you understand mm-hmm. why you're feeling them, what they mean. Even just like, oh my goodness, I stew over things, but like calling that anxiety and being able to be like, okay, this is what's actually going on mm-hmm. and being able to accept it and then live your life around it. Like not using it as an excuse for things. Yeah, not using it as a crutch, but uh, yeah, which she wasn't, yeah. but it was like just being able to be like, okay, I can't hang out every single night this week because I. I mentally can't handle it. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to hang out these two nights a week or whatever. Or mm-hmm. I'm going to do this or like, OK, going grocery shopping at this time is really stressful because it's so busy. I need to find a time where it's less busy so that I can go so that I can actually like mm-hmm. do this. Yeah. What I liked is that she had all these activities in place that helped her with her mental illness. And that's where the whole mm-hmm. talk of like the cold plunges came from, because she had a lot of success with the cold plunges. Yeah, because it was. It brought on a lot of mindfulness, right? Mm-hmm. Bringing you to this present moment. You can't think of anything else. Yeah. You're in this present moment and then you're going to get the endorphins afterwards because it's exhilarating. Yeah. And it was just right. like the mind over matter of like getting into the mm-hmm. into the cold water and being like, okay. And then as soon as you get out, you're like, I could have stayed in longer. Yeah. And I find that with myself, like even with working out at the gym, I'm like, as soon as the workout's done, I'm like, oh, I could have worked out way harder. Mm-hmm. But it's like, why didn't you in that moment? Mm hmm. But you're getting over those blocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so funny. The first thing you have written down versus the first thing I have written down for February. Yeah. The first thing I've written down is I talked about the differences in snow opinions of the Brits versus the Finns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which, again, hilarious. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, Finland is more comparable to Canada in the way of like 100%. Your roads don't get plowed very often. You got to drive slow. Yeah, um, literally. Finland differences that they drive on a lot of lakes and stuff. Okay. And so if you don't know if the lake isn't fully frozen properly, your car is sinking. Yeah. <laughs> You're done. Yeah, definitely. Right? Um, so that's funny. And then I went then to the polar bear club, like the year round swimmers club in Denmark, mm-hmm. which I think it was, it was a Danish friend. That's why she was talking about it. I think I have no idea. I don't, anyways. Um, and that's, that's yeah. How this friend helped with her mental health was doing these cold plunges and mm-hmm. it was, it, brought on a lot of mental resiliency for her which yeah. helped mediate her her symptoms yeah definitely which was good yeah and yeah and then treating the brain like an inflamed joint by icing it to help with depression which was really i really love that mm-hmm. and talk about the brain as an inflamed joint is going to now relate to next month's book club which is the yeah. inflamed mind yeah um which is like the inflamed mind a radical new approach to depression yeah and stuff which is i'm i'm here for it i'm very stoked i love it should be really good yeah and then yeah cold water increases dopamine there's Mm -hmm. been a lot of science scientific evidence for this yeah which is why you get the rush of just like yeah happiness exhilaration it just it feels good overall yeah i don't know if you haven't tried it you should try it definitely it's very hard to get into but if you go from somewhere particularly like a sauna into the cold mm-hmm. i find it easier than going hot tub to cold tub like i find a hot body of water to yeah a cold body of water harder but going from like a even like a steam room or a sauna mm-hmm. like a dry sauna um i don't know it feels better for me yeah personally yeah no i can see that 
And finally, for March, which is the month we're in now. Yay. Um, first thing I have written down here is usefulness is a useless concept when it comes to humans. Oh, okay. Yes, I remember reading that. Which I thought was an interesting point to jump out with. Because mm-hmm. it's like we're not we're not supposed to be like a tool necessarily. That was her mm-hmm. whole point behind it. Yeah. So she's like, I don't think we were ever meant to think about others in terms of their use to us. We oh. keep pets for pleasure of looking after them. We voluntarily feed extra mouths and scoop up excrement in little plastic bags, declaring it's relaxing. Mm-hmm. We channel our adoration towards the most helplessness of helpless citizens of all babies and children for reasons we have nothing to do with their future utility. We flourish on caring on doling out love. The most helpless members of our families and communities are what stick us together. And it's how we thrive. Our winters are social glue. So it's like, we shouldn't be friends Mm -hmm. because you're useful to me. Right. Right? If our entire friendship is based off the premise of you're really good at editing, editing audio. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm keeping you around for the podcast. Yeah. We're going to crash and burn. Oh yeah. 100%. There has to be more to it. Like you are not a pet. We are not. Yeah. I'm not taking care of you. You are not taking care of me. Yeah. So it shouldn't, our usefulness shouldn't be relation to describe our human interactions. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I really liked when she talked about when she lost her voice. And the importance mm-hmm. of finding your voice. And this is funny because it's International Women's Month. Yeah. Um, and how women are taught to manipulate their voice in a way that makes them less of a threat. Mm-hmm. And so then you're kind of like dumbing yourself down so that people don't get scared of you. Um, whether they're scared of you like knowing more than them or like physically knowing more than them. Um, mm-hmm. And so we've seen it a lot now with women trying to like take back their voices and stop being so passive. Mm-hmm. And so I've seen a lot of TikToks of like, people or women writing out an email Mm -hmm. and then being like, no, I don't need to say sorry in this sentence. I can just say what I want. Mm -hmm. Like I can be more direct about it. And that's something that I definitely need to work on. Um, Because Mm -hmm. women like we're still trying to learn that we deserve as much as men. So why does it feel like we need to earn it instead Mm -hmm. of just ask for it and, or just take it Mm -hmm. right. Like we're still being passive. Yeah. And all that fun stuff. Cause yeah but that's what stood out to me was how she had like lost Mm -hmm. her voice and needed to kind of find it again in Mm -hmm. order to say what she needed to say yeah but that's fun Mm -hmm. i thought it was really interesting that knitting can lower blood pressure as much as yoga yeah that was weird (laughs) on page 212 she talks about a study that found that out Mm -hmm. so to keep your hands moving during the winter is helpful in lowering blood pressure interesting wild Mm -hmm. i don't know never Never thought of knitting to be equivalent to yoga, but right. it was as far as relaxation response goes. Mm-hmm. Um, then I have like winter is the woman's season and in terms of like homesteading, right? You need to go into your feminine. Um, yeah. Because the masculine's the the yang, the work hard, the power through, and then the feminine's the yin where it's more like relax, recuperate, homestead, yeah, rest and digest versus yeah, fight or flight. Very much so. And so to to bring out more of the rest and digest is really intriguing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I have here touching on like her losing her voice when she was feeling the least confident, yeah. which again was like very psychosomatic. Yeah, very much so. Um, in regards to that. Right. And that nature shows that survival is a practice, right? The, 
um, survival of the fittest, I mm-hmm. guess. Right. If for plants, only certain plants can grow in the North because only certain plants can survive winter. And yeah, like a lot of plants have to drop their seeds before winter happens. So it's in the ground and then kept warm enough underneath all the snow. Yeah. In order to then regrow. Yeah. Right. There's, um, oh, I can't remember what pine tree it is. There's a certain type of pine tree that I learned in sixth grade, maybe sixth grade camp. Yeah. Um, that in case of a fire, forest fire, it's pine cones have these fireproof shells on them mm-hmm. that they drop right away. So that they can regrow after a forest fire. Yeah. I can't remember which tree it is, but I remember thinking that was so cool. Right. (laughs) In sixth grade. (laughs) Very neat. Yeah. I remember learning that too, actually. Yeah. Very weird. Love it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then to wrap up March, she talks about spring, spring cleaning to, to move on to the seasonal transition, which Mm -hmm. as we know, I love seasonal. We're big on seasonal cleanses. (laughs) Particularly the winter to spring, because winter's so heavy and spring is so much lighter, right? Mm-hmm. And you're you're preparing for that lighter stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And and when it comes to like home, um your windows and doors have been shut. You're just been breathing in recycled air. Yeah. Get the fresh air in, clean your bedding, air out your mattress. Yeah. It's it's so good because so much bacteria just like hovers in the house in yeah. winter because you can't get any fresh air. And yeah. If you don't have plants or something in your house like real plants to s- clean the air for you mm-hmm. you're just living in this recycled dust bin yeah literally because <laughs> you get sick and then you have these like lingering germs and stuff around your house and no wonder yeah. everyone gets sick in the winter because we can't go outside and mm-hmm. if you go outside you have to be bundled up otherwise your immune system is shot <laughs> yeah literally so oh well but but yeah i don't know i i enjoyed that book it did not keep my attention. I really struggled to read it. That's so interesting. It took it, me so long. It hooked me. I loved I loved that it wasn't so Again, I want to say informational. It's not mm-hmm. It's not information dense, but there's enough in there that talks about studies that I learned something. Yeah. Right? I particularly around the circadian rhythm in before um pre-industrial revolution yeah never knew that thought that was so cool geeked out over the brain yeah and then um the knitting stuff like for lowering blood pressure Mm -hmm. i want to look more into those studies yeah geeking out over that thought that was so cool yeah but i liked how beautifully written it was because Mm -hmm. she's an author first she's a creative writer over a psychiatrist psychologist yeah which just brought a beautiful way of ex- of expression yeah she's very very uh, she's a very beautiful writer i will agree with you on that it was just, mm-hmm. yeah it was very nice and it's something that everyone needs to hear is that yeah you can go through your winter but that's not a bad thing mm-hmm. like winter happens to everyone everyone goes through a winter you're not alone yeah it was really reaffirming and i, th- I do think that everyone should read it but i know that if i hadn't had to read it for today i wouldn't have finished it interesting yeah interesting yeah but no, it was very, very good. I think this is the first book where we've had like opposite responses where I'm like, oh, yes, I loved it. And you're like, meh. Well, other than badass habits where you were like, yeah, I learned nothing. And I was like, oh my gosh, I learned everything. Yeah. But yeah, I was just like, yeah, it was cool. It was interesting. But like, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have finished it. I struggled so it? hard. Like just 
I just found couldn't get it going or what about it? It was just like, I don't want to say boring, but I'd be reading and all of a sudden I'd be three pages in and I would have no idea what the book's talking about because I was somewhere else. Oh, okay. Like I couldn't keep my focus. Yeah. I would be thinking about so many other things. Fun. Yeah. I guess I had a lot of personal connection to this book. Mm hmm. Um, because she talked about the Nordic cultures a lot. Yeah. And so my personal connection there was yeah really enticed me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to read it very quickly though because it's not so dense. Yeah, which is new for me. But. It took me all day, all day long. I just like sat down and then I was like, "Hey, I need to take a nap." So then I took a nap and then I was like, "I have to finish this," and I just couldn't get into it. Like it was really good, but I would just I would just lose my focus. Interesting. Yeah. Well, but yeah, <laughs> take that as you will. <laughs> yeah, it definitely has a really, really good message. But yeah, yeah. I don't know for me, it fueled my creative writing side. I'm like, oh, this is so beautifully just written. I just love this. That's so funny because I was like, oh, my God, I'm reading a scholarly article. <laughs> I hated how many studies she put in there. I wasn't even that many. I know. Me. Oh, my God. I hated it. No, I geeked out. But I was like, it's hard to write something about this without putting in like scholarly articles that kind of like support it yeah because yeah otherwise it would just be like a story yeah but yeah i know i thought it was like the perfect mix of like personal explanation Mm -hmm. versus cultural definitions and then a few scholarly articles and yeah studies and stuff in there yeah as we, as you saw, I wrote down all the studies and Journey's like, I like how she said to use your voice. Yeah, she was like, use this. And like, I definitely connected more at the end of it. Yeah. But it's still, yeah, it was a bit of a grunt to get through. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that's The Wintering by Catherine May. Um, if you guys read it, let us know what you think. Yeah, how you found it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're more of a macro jubes in this, for this book. <laughs> If you're someone, yeah, going back to last month's with the porcupine. Oh, God. That was awful. That was this, not a good book. <laughs> this is a huge jump, a step up compared to Oh, 100%. Yeah, I'd read this a thousand times over. Yeah. Before that one. Yeah. I think but. this might be our favorite book we've read so far. Because I, I knew about love language prior, so I didn't really learn anything. Other yeah. than it forced me to kind of re-recognize my own. Mm-hmm. Badass Habits was good. Again, nothing that I haven't heard before, though. Yeah. Hated Porcupine. That was the worst one. Yeah. And Rich Bitch was pretty good, too. Yeah. But I was more interested in this one than I was in Rich Bitch. Oh, yeah. No, this is definitely not my favorite (laughs) at all. It's it's a tie between Rich Bitch and Badass Habits. Yeah. For me. Yeah. And I enjoy Love Languages because it just helped me realize more about, like, my personal life. Yeah. But... Love Languages was good, but it wasn't mm-hmm. revolutionary for me. Because no. Because I've heard about it before. Yeah. I, I spent four years hearing about Love Languages. Yeah. But. Yeah, no. Oh, well. Fun. We'll see what next month brings us. For next month, we are reading The Inflamed Vine um, by Edward Bulmore. And it was one part of the title I don't like. It's like a radical new approach to depression. I don't really care for that part of it. That's yeah. But but it's essentially talking about um, food inflammation and its effects on the mind, which then contributes to depression. Yeah. Supposedly. So 
we will see how that one goes for the end of April. Yeah, it'll be very interesting. It's going to be more sciencey. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to be here for it. Yeah. <laughs> you might be here for it for this one, though. I think I will be. Yeah. I wouldn't say this one was sciencey. No. But. But if you're talking about like journal, like a scholarly article, this one's going to be more like an oh, actual yeah. scholarly article. But. Which it's fu- like. Yeah. If you're going to put scholarly articles in there, make it have scholarly articles in there yeah but i don't know that's just the way my brain works that's my expectation for this book though Mm -hmm. i I don't know how it is so tune in to the end of april to see how that one is yeah april we're gonna focus a little bit more on season changes and stuff so Mm -hmm. we got some fun episodes planned for that yeah it should be really good yeah and we've mentioned almost all of the topics in this episode so if you listen through this episode, you can probably figure out what topics are coming in April. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, to wrap it up, I am Mac Joy. I'm Miss Jubes. We are sometimes Jabot Slaps on all social media platforms, including yes. our website, which is sometimes Jabotslaps.com. Mm-hmm. Um, through our website, you can find episode links, um, book reviews, our we have a an email forum that you can message us on there, or you can DM us. Yeah. We are happy to interact and chat with everyone about everything and if you have any recommendations for topics feel free to shoot us a message yeah definitely we're always open to new topic ideas mm-hmm. we've had a few requests thus far we've added them to our lists and yeah been very good mm-hmm. so right. with that thanks for watching